Welcome to Men Hurt 2, brought to you by Hashtag Coffee with Tea, a space where men get to share their truth. What better way to find out what men are thinking or how men feel than to ask men? So I've had some spectacular guests on this podcast, and today I am so excited to have a colleague, a friend, a veteran in the, in the radio industry, Eddie Love's passion for radio broadcasting began as he grew up watching Don Cornelius host Soul Train on TV. He began pursuing his dream as a mobile DJ and his love for broadcasting grew into a lifelong career that spans over two decades as a successful air personality and professional voiceover actor. Eddie's voice has been featured worldwide in commercials for many Fortune 500 companies, including video animation. In addition, he has been the host and announcer for events of some of the largest indoor and outdoor venues in the world. Further, Eddie has been a radio personality for the number one market in the nation and on the number one rated New York City station, WBLS, for, fifth, for the last 15 years. Eddie has also created a personalized coaching program for those who desire to pursue a career as professional voiceover performer or radio air personality. As a communication and voiceover specialist and sought after motivational speaker, Eddie's passion is to teach others how to communicate like a pro and inspire others to let their voices influence the world. Eddie is passionate, a passionate outdoor person who enjoys a variety of activities such as ice and roller skating, camping, fishing, and hiking, which he does as often as he can with his daughter. As a single parent, he fully understands the dynamic and challenges a family unit can experience. As a result, Eddie gives back to his community by mentoring, speaking, and empowering young women to dream big and let their voices be heard. Welcome, Eddie. Hey, thank you. Good morning. That voice. Uh, I love that voice. <laughs> how, are you? how are you, Trey? I'm doing good. I'm doing so good. So we're going to jump this thing right off because the time goes really fast and we have 45 minutes. So let's get right into this. So the first thing I always ask my guests is, tell me a little bit about your blueprint. Tell me about your mother and your father. Um, my parents were divorced when I was five. Um, my father was a uh, Baptist minister and he also was abusive. Uh, so early on, I had a conflict, uh, internal conflict. Uh, growing up, as most most of us do and are in in our typical Baptist churches, yes, uh, you know the the Baptist minister is held at such high esteem. It's almost like they used to say, "I can talk straight to God." Hallelujah, Jesus. And so we believe this. We took this literally, uh, as most people do, and and that's wrong. I know that's wrong, but that is what it is. So you understand the conflict that I had seeing my father with on a Sunday morning with with the collar on, and was you know trying to beat my mom to death, and and I and I was five years old, and um, so that traumatized me for a, a lot, a lot of years until I, I made peace with um, God about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and how, what about your mom? Uh, my mom is, she's passed away now. My mom passed away from lupus um, 31 years ago. Uh, my father is still alive, you know, sickly, uh, but he's in his nineties now and um, he still lives in Michigan. Uh, I have, I have, Let's see, 
from my mother and father's marriage, there was three of us born. I was the middle child, okay. an older sister and a younger sister. And then he, when he remarried, he duplicated or replicated the exact same pecking order, girl, boy, girl. So for many, many years, although we lived in the same community, et cetera, et cetera, I, I didn't have a relationship with them because I had no relationship with my father. Wow. And, and uh, so now, I, now today I, I have a relationship with all of my siblings. I don't call them half or step or any of that stuff. That's my brother. That's my sister, you know, and, and to them all, I'm the oldest brother. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yes. And, and what, um, what did that do to you as a man? Because we are really trying to understand the mind of men right now. To see a abusive father, and and boys love their mothers. I have three boys. They they love their mama. What did that do to you when it came to relationships with women? And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about your sisters, your aunties, female friends. What did that? What kind of mindset did that give you? I I found myself becoming everyone's protector. Wow. And that at the expense of my own happiness. Oh. I wanted to make sure everyone else was good all the time. And uh, that, again, that was a dysfunction uh, that I carried for many, many years until I did some work on it. You know, uh, family work. Uh, did, did I uncover these things as it goes as it goes it says uncover discover and discard mm. so I uncovered the truth truth what really went on and once that was laid out on the table in front of me that I could look at it and and and, and pray over it and let it go that I was able to discard it and and start the healing process unless until I was able to look at everything in the light of day, I was not able to heal from it. Mm. So if, if, if I can say anything to anybody this morning, if you have anything that, that you're uncertain of, family history or, or family dynamics uh, that you feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable about, and uncomfortable regarding that situation or incident, that is your red flag. That is that is the Holy Spirit telling you, you have some work to do. Mm. Because it's not until you've done the work that you're no longer uncomfortable by it. Whoa, go ahead. Okay, so uh, this is all in hindsight, as, as we say, you can't see your own ears, right? I can't see be behind me, but then the, the, we have we must still be very careful, Trey, because we can get so engrossed, we can get so involved in doing this family historical work, trying to uncover, discover, and discard some things that we literally, for lack of a better term, we're like a time traveler. We go right back there. And sometimes people get stuck back there. You have to be careful uh, when you do this kind of family of origin work because you really can get stuck back there. 
and it's just bad if you do. And, yeah. and, and, and it happened to me. Fact, the more you think about anything, the stronger it becomes. As they say, the more you feed it, it will grow. So what I was doing when I thought and I said to myself, I don't want to be anything like my father. No way. I look like him. I'm in the same town as him, blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to be like that man. So I began this run away from myself. Mm. All of my uh, adolescence, all of my young adult, I was running from myself. And one day, I was having a disagreement with a girlfriend in college and I raised my hand. Oh. And I said, Lord Jesus, no. And he says, yeah, I told you that whatever you think about the most that you will become. So I, I'm thinking more about, don't want to be like this man, but the more I thought about not wanting to be like him, guess what? The more I became like him. Wow. See that somebody needed to hear that. Even though you're thinking that I don't want to be like this person, you're still thinking about how that person was and you're actually manifesting that energy inside of you. Absolutely. I, that, was, that was so powerful. So this, we weren't even supposed, this wasn't even our topic for the day, but that, that was so good because somebody probably needed to hear that. So you are a single parent of a daughter. That's correct. So we always talk about single mothers, single mothers. And we were talking on the back end and we were like, um, why do people get so up in arms when a father is the single parent raising the child? Like that's some type of crime when both parents are the parents 100%. I don't say 50-50, I'm 100% my children's mother and I'm, their father's 100% their father. So how did you come about being a single parent? Well, first, let me clarify this. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want people to think that I. I uh, I'm this. I don't know. Um, super human being. Uh, I don't take credit for it at all. It wasn't something that I wrote in the, in my high school yearbook that I said when I grow up I want to be a single father of a daughter. No, I. I didn't. I, I didn't write that at all. Uh, because that's not what I, I didn't see that from my life. But when my daughter was three months old, I saw things that were happening that were not supposed to happen. And the care that she was receiving was not the care she was supposed to be receiving. At that time, of course, I, I, I signed up for, you know, the minimum visitation, uh, you know, Wednesday, and Sunday, you know, that's how it is in every state. And, um, but when I would go pick her up, she was in disarray. And wow. this is a baby. We're talking a baby. And the mom was never there. She was left with God cousins and all this manner of things. So initially, I, I of course, I had my blinders on because I'm on the radio. I'm doing the late night show in San Diego, 10P to 2A. My life is like uh, some kind of movie. It was yeah. just amazing. My life was 
just amazing. So along this comes and so I, I didn't willingly do this. I didn't willingly change, but I'll tell you what, Trey, the Holy Spirit convicted me one day and said, go get your child. Hmm. I looked. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who are you talking to? <laughs> talking to you. Go get your child. That is your seed. And I was like, okay. Well, if that's you, God, telling me to do this, and I'm going to trust that you're going to help me do this. And I started the process. Uh, of course, uh, it, it went on. For, it went on for a couple of years. Mm. Just although she was in my physical custody all that time, she was not in my legal custody. In the state of California, as in most states, uh, they always want to keep the child with the mother, no matter how bad she is. Mm. That's what they do. That's that's what somebody has said that that's what the kid, the child needs. No, all children need a healthy parent. If they can get two healthy parents, they're winning. But if they can at least get one out of two, they got a chance. Right. They have a chance. But these court systems will keep those children with that dysfunctional parent until which time they have to take the children completely out of the home. Right. That's why there's so many children in foster care, because they weren't paying attention to the signs that this child doesn't need to be with this dysfunctional mother. Right. It's, it's, it's actually detrimental to the child. Right. So long story short, I had to prove all this and that, get declarations and da da da. I mean, she did some really wild and crazy stuff, her mom. Um, wow. But, you know, a, a, even, even, Today, I do not um, demean her mother because irregardless, that is still my daughter's mother. Wow. When you talk about a, a paradox of life, uh, my daughter was we, was, we were downstairs watching television. This is when I still lived in New Jersey. And uh, she was about nine years old. And we were watching the show and it had uh, a couple happy, you know, with a child. And so she says, well, dad, how am I here? And you and my mom are together. My, my parenting style has always been this. If a child has enough intelligence, enough curiosity, and can comprehend what they're talking about, tell them the truth. Hmm. Say that again. Tell them the truth, no matter what. Parents, as parents, I see so many parents so hung up over the stupidest stuff, but they're really crippling their children. When I go into the schools and I mentor young people, this has been the thing that stands out most. The parents don't talk to the kids about anything meaningful. And, and the kids want to know. And, and that's why I said, if they, if they have, if it comes into their minds to want to know, give them the answer. Right. So she said that question to me 
at nine years old. How is it that I'm here and you and mommy are not together? Because she's seeing all these imaging images of people together. I said, well, honey, that is called unprotected sex. Whoa. She said, dad, what is unprotected sex? Well, that's when a man and a woman have sexual intercourse without protection. No condoms or no birth control, birth control pills or any sort of birth control mechanisms. So what happens is then what happens is someone gets pregnant. Well, am I unwanted pregnancy? She said, I said, absolutely not. You saved my life. Oh, don't make me cry, Eddie. She saved my life. My daughter's birthday is one week before my birthday. She's my birthday present. Oh. God. Yep. And I tell you, only God knows and, and I know how many babies I could have, should have, would have had. Because I was I was reckless. Oh. And I don't I don't I don't say that as to brag. I say that because God gave me grace. Yes. I was reckless. See, this is I want women to be able to in the world to be able to give black men grace and mercy. Because we get it so freely, Eddie. Um, and we get grace and mercy because you know, we was wild, we was out in the streets, we was twerking on tables and all kinds of stuff. And people say, Oh, you know, she was young. But when it's a man who's trying to find his way, who's trying to find his purpose, and you've interviewed and been in spaces with some of the most famous celebrities. So along that journey, you were trying to find your way. And just to be honest and transparent in front of everybody to say, I was reckless. But it wasn't for me to be malicious or harm anybody. Right. So let's talk about raising a daughter as a single man. So I have some questions because this I need to know a lot about this, but I'm, I'm going to take it easy on you. Go right ahead. Ask what you how, want. How important is a man's spiritual principles when he's raising a daughter as a single parent? Or, or even how important is a man's spiritual principles when he's raising a daughter, even if he's not the single parent, if he's raising daughters who he's not in the home with and they're coming to visit? I think there's no there's no substitute for it. Um, I've tried it without it, and I know that it's better with. Uh, just like you know, your tea, your coffee. You, you, I like my my coffee is better with French vanilla flavoring. Right. You know, uh, I've had it without, but I just don't care for it like that. So you can be a figure of a parent, the figurehead of a parent without spiritual principles, but you cannot be the, 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 the parent of that child. Right. You're just a sperm donor or egg donor. It's, it's my opinion and through my own life, I know that it's because of my spirituality that I've been able to impart into my child, which helped her to understand and navigate her way through her life. Um, because I believe in spiritual principles, that is the, that's what gives me comfort. 
not complete comfort. Right. <laughs> but it gives me some comfort <laughs> that, you know, as, as they say in the Bible, you, you, you raise, what, how does it say? You, you raise a child up and once they depart, they don't want to depart from it. You know, right. that's fair. They want to depart from it. Right. Right. That's very true. Spare the rod, spoil the child. All that's very true stuff. So all I know is because of me relying on God who loves both me, myself and my daughter, and he reminds me that that's his daughter too, that my role is just to be as a steward over her life until which time it's time for her to go. Wow. Okay. And I mean, I have a prayer that I would, I would always say, let me, let me get the prayer. Go ahead, get the prayer. So if you're just tuned in, you're tuned into Men Hurt 2, brought to you by hashtag Coffee with Tea, where I speak to men, where they get to share their truth. And today we're talking about the importance of father-daughter relationships. And we have Eddie Love, who is a single father who raised his daughter from a baby. And he's telling us how it is, why spiritual principles are important in raising your children. Yes. That's how I was able to know that's how I was able to be comfortable, despite the fact that I had other female parents um, that were shocked when I shared with them that my daughter asked me this question. And instead of me sugarcoating it, I saw the opportunity to teach her about unprotected sex and right. how that's not what you want to do, honey. You know, so I, I would get into conflict with these other parents because me being the, I was like the elephant in, in every room. Right. I was the only man in all these parent-teacher conferences because there was the mothers. The mothers always came. Even if, even if the child had a mother and father, only the mother came. Mm. Fathers, are y'all listening to every okay. father on here? Just because you, you can come to the parent-teacher conferences, fathers. Just because there's a mother and a father in a home, or even if the father's not in the home, your children need you. You can show up to the parent-teacher conference. And I hear this often, Eddie, that, and, and everywhere I go, even with my son being on the autism spectrum, we have support groups and it's always the moms. Mostly, the, most of it is the moms. And at the PTA meetings, it's mostly the moms. So fathers, you get to come. You don't have to ask. You, you, right. can, you can just show up. The open houses and all of that. Uh, I I was involved in my daughter's life from the word go and things like I was a troop. I was a Girl Scout troop leader. Wow. I started out as being the product manager, which handled all the magazine, the nuts, and the cookie sales for our troop, and then for our area, you know. And then I became a, an assistant troop leader, and then became the first male troop leader uh, in Bergen County. I went to classes, did the whole nine yards. But my 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 goal was to. At first, I used to try to replace her mom, which is what the, the mistake that most parents make when they're they separate and there's the wow. child. Okay, one tries to super serve, and be for the other one. That doesn't work. Kids are not dumb. They know that you're a woman. They know that I'm a man. They know that you can't be a man. Although they'll, they'll throw that guilt trip on you from time to time. 
but they know no. When I tell you they know no, they know no. But so I got caught up in that too, trying to super serve and be everything. But the thing, what she needed most was she needed my support and my love and my understanding. And she would get embarrassed sometimes, you know, because I would be the only man there and everybody had mothers mm. and, she, and she didn't have a mother. Mm. You know, she has a birth person, but she did never had a mom. Whoa. And that that swings that's that pendulum spectrum all the way over this way, because society had. I mean, myself, I was raised by a single parent. You know, right. you're a single woman. That's that has become way too acceptable and too normal. Too normal. Right. Okay. So we've got work to do on that, but we we can do that on a whole nother show. Yes. But, this is this is the prayer that I I have, through my church uh, they had a program called I think when she graduated high school it was twenty something but nonetheless it's it's a a rites of passage for right. young kids and there's a prayer they gave us and it's, it's called the praying parent and it says Lord I submit myself to you I realize that parenting a child in the way you would have me to is beyond my human abilities. I know I need you to help me. I want to partner with you and partake of your gifts of wisdom, discernment, revelation, and guidance. I also need your strength and patience. Make me the parent you want me to be and teach me how to pray and truly intercede for the life of this child. Amen. Amen. And that I would look at that every day. I still look at it now that my daughter's even out the house now. She's in college and whatnot. Um, but I couldn't have done it by myself. Uh, again, I, I can't pat myself on the back. Um, I just showed up every day. Oh my goodness. That's, I just showed up every day. How is that experience of, you know, boys are different. So when we have our sons, we're like, oh, they when they get ready to leave and all of that other stuff and all of the what they call as normal, like, you know, we don't worry so much about our boys, but we should. Sure. How was that experience of letting go of her in this world as a father, as a protector? How do you, how do you do that? Well, it, it's one thing what I tell her, and it's another thing what I actually do. <laughs> you know what I mean uh, I, I encourage her and, and I, I encourage her by saying I know you think you don't need me but I'm here whenever you do right uh, women young women they are very independent uh, um, and it's almost like they come out of the womb already independent or something right uh, and, and we have to watch them when they when they're little to know who they're going to be because they let us know who they're going to be they don't they don't have a filter mm. what they think they let you know yes <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> and uh parenting takes on a different level when you understand it like that because uh, case in point this one of mine was in kindergarten we were in a store in California, like a Mervyn's, 
we had it was called Mervis with Marshalls like Marshalls. Right. And I was doing some little shopping for her, and this kid brought back to me a complete outfit with the right size and everything from different racks in the store. She had she was that's how advanced she was at four years old. Wow. Picked out the whole complete outfit, right sizes, all of that. And I said, How did you do that? I don't know, Dad. I just knew how to do it. Okay, fast forward to now we're going to kindergarten, uniform school. I got all of them, the sports, the this, the that, the da 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 da, all little different variations. Well, she, I'm laid out the day before, like you, you laid your kids stuff. Well, come that morning, she decides that's not what she wants to wear. Oh. And she lets me know, I am not going to wear that. That's <laughs> not what I choose to wear. Because I, I spoke to her in, intellectually. So she's, that's how she speaks. But sometimes it sounds like she's being sassy. You know what I mean? Right. But, she, but she's not. She's just speaking the way I taught her how to speak. And so I, used, I, I said, I don't want to whip this child. I don't <laughs> want her to have no bad day at kindergarten. So I would discipline her, give her a stern talking to, and make her change clothes. That didn't work. And I said, okay. I'm, and she had big legs. She still has big legs. You know, dancer. So I just had to spank those little legs. Long right. story short, I came to an understanding that and I had to tell her, I said, I'm no longer going to spank your legs or your arm or your booty for something your mouth said. Right. Your mouth your mouth is the problem, not your legs, not your booty, your arms. So you say something else smart out of your mouth, I'm popping you in your mouth. Wow. And that really teed her off, but it was the only way I could get through to her without breaking her. Because oh. I didn't want to break her. I saw what she had in her. I saw what God was trying to deliver this child into. She has she has this enormous strength. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to break her from that. I had her in, she she's, she's, she's speaks Spanish fluently. She's been taking dual language since kindergarten. Wow. Okay, so I knew what she could become if I encouraged her. But at the same time, I can't let her disrespect the parental got the, the saying. You understand what I'm saying? So it's always been a balancing act with me and that child because we are so much alike. As I said, our birthdays are a week apart. So when I tell her, I know who you are, I said, I know who you are because you are me. Yeah. Well, you don't know, you don't know everything. This is now she's 16. Oh, head shaking. Well, I said, listen, first of all, your head's gonna fall off your shoulders. <laughs> If you keep doing that, you pick that up from somewhere else. You girls are suburbia. You know Inglewood, New Jersey. The right. girls don't know nothing. That's the center of suburbia. Okay? Then you get all that stuff off of television. <laughs> Man, uh, but, but my house, my house became the the, the house for um, she her her five friends, I call them the five fingers, they were all single children too all single girls but only one was raised by her just her mom the others all had father and mother but they all were only single girls oh they all you know i'm the cool dad so they they're always at my house they're always you know spending the night and camping out in the backyard and i didn't mind at all because those girls needed each other 
Yes. Wow. To get through. So I, I just did a lot of things like that, Trey. Um, that this, this is um just people just need to understand that it's not always about a child being with a mother. It's about a child being with the parent that's most suitable to give them the best life that they need. And 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 the courts and everybody else, and, and even us just as human beings, we always think that the child should be with the mother. The child should be with the mother. And sometimes now we have to take a look at life and reality and, and, the, and the mothers are becoming younger and younger as well that, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily that the child needs to be with the mom. So let's talk, let's, let's, um, shift a little bit. So I've talked to several, a lot of mothers, a lot of women, a lot, a lot of women who have dated men with daughters and has been all horror stories, right? Like there was no boundaries with the father. And these are, these are fathers who are not in a home with the daughter. So we've seen, and I've, I've experienced this myself, where the father doesn't set the boundaries, doesn't tell the child that this is not a competition between you and my woman. Go sit down. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've lived in a couple of houses with men who I was with who had daughters, and it was horrible. And, and not because anything other than boundaries weren't set. How did this affect your dating life? And do daughters knowing and unknowingly sabotage a man's romantic relationships? Mm. Well, it, 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 I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen um, with daughters and their fathers and with sons and their mothers, for that mm -hmm. matter. For that matter. However, um, my daughter did do that. She was true to the game. Uh, I respected her opinion for the most part because uh, she was intuitive. Right. And she would, she would say, Daddy, no, I don't like her. Right. I don't like her. I don't like her. I don't like her. And, and, and that's one. In the other stream, we could be walking through, uh, what's it? What's the name of the store? The grocery store there? I forgot. Shop right. right. Yeah, we, we could be walking through shop, right? Shopping, and she see a cute girl, and she'd run up to the girl and say, "My daddy's single." He's oh right no! Right yeah, he's my daddy's Eddie Love, <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy cow!" So <laughs> she would do both, okay? You know, and so if she liked her, it was it was game on. If she didn't like her, she would shut it down. Uh, funny thing, true story. I I, I did one of those Dominican Dominican Republic. Uh, getaway at the host for the weekend, right? Contest winners, etc. I left her with the, the girl I was staying with, I had a son the same age. I said, do you mind keeping her while I'm away? She said, no, absolutely not. I'll be happy to. Well, my daughter wasn't happy about that. So she called my ex who lived in Brooklyn, who then came and got her while I was in Dominican Republic. What? From your, from your current lady? Right. Oh no. Right. Right. So how do you how do you balance that? Because I even have a, a family member that I watch, you know, with his daughter, and it's just over the top. Like I think she's like probably 17, 18 years old. And I watched for the last few years him go through women. And I said to myself, it's not gonna work because of, the, of how he handles his relationship with his daughter. Because nobody wants to feel like nobody wants to replace your child because it's a whole different relationship. It's, it's a whole different dynamic of love. And a lot of men, and maybe you could do a talk on this. A lot of men don't get that because 
they'll say something about your children, your sons. And, and I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of women, even married women who have husbands who have daughters that are not theirs. And they can say anything they want about your child. But when you say something about their daughter, the defense mechanism goes up. So how do you, how did you balance that out? Um, wow, that was a lot. Give me one question one, out of that. How do you balance out the different, the, it's a different type of love. A love for a child and a, an intimate relationship is two different types of love. How did you balance that out? Well, I, I had to have a lot of talks with her uh, th and explain to her that just because this lady is friendly to you, she's not your friend. She's daddy's friend. Oh, Okay, to you, she's Mrs. So-and-so. Because she, because we were just the two of us for so long, she felt everything was hers too. Right. You know? Okay, including my friends. My friends were her friends. And that was a, she had a hard time separating that. You know, wow. she had a very hard time separating that. So I, 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 I I was more, under, I tried to be more understanding and tried to help her work through it. Why is it that you feel that daddy's friend needs to be your friend? That kind of stuff. But when it came down to it, I, I, I didn't do a lot of dating when she was small. Okay. Okay. One thing about when I say she saved my life, that's, I mean that I was, my name is Eddie. I'm a recovering hoe. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> uh, thank you for your transparency. <laughs> yes, yes. And and so I stopped all of that because and, and I said, Well, God, you sure have a sense of humor. When I was wiping that little girl's booty, changing her diapers, I saw that butt had that little drop in it, right? That whoo, that right. we know it's a nice butt, gonna be a nice butt. Right. She had a nice butt when she was an infant. So it's no surprise to me that she looks the way she looks today. Right. She's, she's, she's like a stunner. You know what I mean? Right. And I knew, I knew this was going to happen. So I'm saying this to say, God gave me a daughter, made me a single parent, because I had to learn how to respect women better. Mm. I had to learn how to love better. And it was because I had a, 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 a little female, I had to be different. She needed to know that I respected women. She needed to know that there weren't women running in and out of our house because that's, that's a sign of disrespect. Right. Daddy, why aren't, you, why aren't you with this one girl? Why you got all these different girls? She would grow up to thinking that's normal. And right. that's not normal, not normal at all. So I cut all that nonsense out. I had all my little, you know, talks on the phone, but there was nobody coming to the house. Not that she got like 11 or 12 where she could better articulate what she sees. But up until that point, you know, except for the girl, you know, the one I told you in Brooklyn and the other one, after that went down, I said, eh, let me pump the brakes. Right. She's way too, she's way too confidence of what's going on. She knew at that age, that she could call my ex, who was her everything, her whole world, uh, and she would come pick her up. 
Wow. Goodness, she called her and she came and picked her up. And I always say this too, Eddie. I always say when we're dating, we have to be mindful when we bring these people around our children that our children are getting into relationships with these people. Absolutely. And then when we break up, our children have to break up with these people. And we don't have these real conversations. We just break up and the and kids are sitting there like, where's Lisa? Yeah. Or where's Keith? They just yeah. sitting like, well, what happened? And I want to call them. I want to call them. Like, I like this person too bad that you don't. But the reality is that you can't have a relationship with this person because daddy or mommy has moved on and it's uncomfortable for the new spouse or the new girlfriend. So we have to be mindful of don't we can't have our children having all these breakups because we ain't got it together right so let's talk about so where what are the healthy boundaries right so i i, I had this conversation too on another panel with with moms and, and dads of healthy boundaries of like when is it for your daughter is it too you got to stop sitting on daddy's lap because i don't need you sitting on other men's lap because like I said, fathers will get offended when there's a new woman in the life to say, your daughter is rubbing your shoulders or your daughter is sitting on your lap or, or massaging your scalp. When is it you're too, because I tell my boys, like, you're too big. You can't sit on my lap. I don't find that strange to say to my son at four years old, like, all right, you're too big. Get out of here. But there's this, I'm daddy's princess or my little princess. And when, when do those boundaries or when should they kick in from your opinion or do they ever kick in? Well, they do. For, in my opinion, they do and they should. And for me, they did around that same time. When she got to be too heavy to pick up, when they always go up, 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 you know, uh, I had to say, okay, no more ups, babe. You know, you, you can walk. Uh, we're, we're, you know, I, I'm going to read you books every night to go to bed and all that. But as far as you sitting on daddy's lap and stuff, unless we're in church and we need to let somebody else have the next seat over while she is yet that small. Right. You know, I would let her sit on my lap, but I, I, I was phasing it out prior to her going into kindergarten. Right. I felt that was the wisest thing to do so that she would start to understand that that's a line that she should no longer cross over. Right. It's, it's not okay for you to be sitting on a man's lap. It's not okay for you to be sitting on a boy's lap. Right. So if, if your dad says it's not okay for you to sit on his lap, you should take that all the way to the bank. Right. Because that's the lesson I was trying to impart into her. Right, so I'm going to give you some last words because we are at our time, but we, we definitely got to do a part two because I have like 72 questions. <laughs> a lot of them in, and I'm upset about that, but we're going to do a part two whenever it's, it's good for you. Just let me know and I'll have you right back on. What do you want to say to the world about being a single dad? Because are men treated differently as single fathers than single mothers? So what would you like the world to know is there a difference? Do you guys feel disrespected? Just what would your last words be to those who are listening? I felt disrespected by the court system. Oh. Uh, when, when, because if I say to you, you see me, I'm a single man, I'm a radio personality, I'm, I'm a public person, but you see I'm in this courtroom to get my child. 
So I had to tell the judge, you need to stop looking at what I do for a living and look at how much I love my child. Oh. Okay, because that was what the mother's, that was the mother's pushback. Oh, he a radio DJ. He out all the time in the clubs, da, da, da. The best thing that could have happened was when the judge picked this lawyer out in the in the in the courtroom and said, I'm gonna sign you to be the minor's attorney. And I am ordering you, mom, to spend to go meet with this attorney, and I'm ordering you to bring the child to be interviewed and all that kind of stuff. Three months later, we go back to court. She missed every appointment. She, oh. never, she never showed up. I brought my daughter. I sat out in the lobby while they talked with her. And they, the, the, the lawyer said, this little child is perfectly balanced. She is healthy. She understands. She comprehends. She knows what her father does. He takes her with him everywhere he goes, including to the nail salon. You know, so I find what what the mother's saying to be completely unfounded. So to summarize all that, everybody's not supposed to be a parent. Okay. Uh, if we got live eggs and sperm, we can all make babies, but that doesn't make you a parent. That just makes you a donor. Right. You know, uh, we we need to somehow have parenting classes or something because yeah. half of these people don't even know what it means to be a parent and don't understand the enormous responsibility that God has given you because God gave you and if you mess up one of His kids, He's He's He says vengeance is mine. Mm. He coming for you. Mm. Everything Jesus always said in the Bible is suffer the little children. You must be like a child. These are messages. But we out here, you know, these girls talking about twinning. What, the, what are you talking about twinning? That's your child. She is not your twin. Okay. Don't start, Eddie. Don't, don't you, don't start. I tell Girl. you all the time, best stop being friends with your kids. They're going to turn on you. Because they don't have the boundaries to respect you. Like my chip, my sons now, my my 26-year-old, we have boundaries still to this day. He they don't my kids don't curse around me. I don't drink with him. You know, if we're in the house together and we drink and want, we don't get drunk together. Right. Like, I'm like these about listen, I'm your mother. I'm always right. gonna be your mother, and I've never crossed those boundaries with him, and I never will. Even on his 21st birthday, we went out with his dad. They had a drink together because I didn't want to set that tone with right. my sons because they've never been my friends because I love you too much to be your friend. Yeah. Because your friends are not going to hold you accountable. And once that line is crossed, the respect is never regained. Mm -hmm. I've seen you do those things with me. Right. So right. this has been so good. I love you so much, Eddie. I really do. I admire everything that you're doing. So tell everybody where they can find you and how they can connect with you. Okay. Uh, you can find me if all, if all, well, how's it my mom is just saying? If all else fails, <laughs> if, if all else fails, you can Google me. But 
I would like for you to visit my, my websites, eddielovehouse.com or eddielovespeaks.com. Love's House is my media page. You can get pricing on, on if you want uh, imaging done for your, for your website or I do answering machines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Eddie Love Speaks more or less is the contact to reach me for public speaking gigs. You want someone to come speak to your children, mentor your class or, uh, or anything like that, or you're, you yourself want to become a voiceover performer or just would like to be able to communicate better. As one of my programs is called Communicate Like a Pro. I designed that one for management people who want to have a better presence when they're conducting their seminars and meetings. That's what that program is for. Let your voice be heard is more for you. If you want to do voiceovers, it's really an easy peasy job and being at home now as we are, you know, and as we look like we're going to be for a minute more, yeah. it may be a good time for you to consider another, another alternative career. Uh, I can teach you how to set up your own home studio. Um, I have an audio book right now. Uh, which is called Introduction to Voiceovers. It's on sale, very dirt cheap. I think I'm going to drop it down again for the holidays so people want to give it as a gift. But all this information is found on eddielovespeaks.com. Uh, and you can email me there, whatever you want to do, and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all the social media under Eddie Loves House. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your transparency. And more than anything, thank you for your truth. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember what I tell you at the end of all my broadcast, you deserve the best. Yes, I'm talking to you. You deserve the best. Now go get it. And remember Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm